Well, friends, hello, and welcome to the Great Lakes Collectors Convention. I want to make sure I get the name right. because there's four a, words, man. There's a lot of G's and C's, and I want to make sure I got them all correct in the right order. The Great Lakes Collectors Convention. I need to make sure I have that right, because my face and your face are plastered all over the place here at this event, but it has been a lot of fun, and welcome to the Selby is Godcast. I'm TJ. That is Zach. I've been promised surprises, and I don't know what's in store. This is not our typical show, and I am so here for it. <laughs> Let's not build it up to be more than what it is. Well, my first question is, we have stacks of how many of our own cards? Oh, there has to be thousands in there, right? I mean, do you want to hold them up? So there's this one and this one, as you can see. And, and we are... How many were you planning on autographing today? Did you let your hand rest beforehand just, or what? What are we supposed to do with these? <laughs> uh, do I go door to door in my neighborhood, leaving one at each house? Do I, I don't know, when people want a, a, a free beer at a ball game, do I instead try to <laughs> entice them with a signed Zach Meisel GLCC card? And do you risk taking down the worth of the card that it's printed on just by putting your name on it? Like the time I let Ken Dorsey sign my Browns hat at training camp? Yeah. Or like the time that, was it Jason Kipnis made you sign something for somebody? <laughs> there, was, there was a bat. I wish I remember what it was for. Um... And the whole team signed it, and then Kipnis had me sign it. <laughs> For what reason? I don't know. <laughs> I just I just envision 20 years from now, at an event like this, and we'll get into what we're doing here and, and all of that coming up in a second. <laughs> Obviously, you guys know how we do this show. It's always by the seat of our pants. We're flying. 20 years from now, at an event like this, someone will be saying, I have this that's signed by whatever year that was. And they'll be going through all the different autographs. People will be trying to figure out whose autograph this is. And they'll be looking at the team roster. They'll be looking at coaches. They'll be looking at people in the bullpen. Everything to try to figure out who in the hell you are. I have, I think I have a, it's passed down from my dad. I think it's like a 1992 Cleveland Indians and the, the whole team signed the ball. And I, I've gone through it before and tried to figure out whose signature is whose. Never did I think, hmm. <laughs> is Sheldon Ocker on here? Probably. That's not Steve Olin. That's Sheldon Ocker. That's not Mike Hargrove. That's Jim Ingram's name. <laughs> oh, 20 years from now, the legend that is Zach Meisel will be on that piece of memorabilia. Well, we are having fun here. We've already got to do a little bit of a panel with our, our pal Gab Cruz, who you see at, at all Guardians games. And Slider came up and gave you a kiss, then gave me a kiss. I don't know how I feel about getting a kiss after you got a kiss, but whatever, it's fine. And he made a smooching noise. I didn't know there were sound effects. Yeah, can confirm he makes some sort of sound effects. A little weird. But yeah, I, I think the spirit of this is, it's, I, I know for me it brings me back to childhood. And I used to go to these things all the time. Always collected cards, collected figurines and memorabilia and I mean my basement and my office are covered in it and I can't get enough and I before I get out of here I will certainly do a lap and try to see if anything catches my interest but were you the same way oh yeah yeah events like this were fun now I never felt like I was going to come away with anything great but it was just seeing all of the stuff that people had collected it's I occasionally will just take a, a trip through YouTube and people have vi uh, different channels where they just go through old memorabilia they have in a basement or someone goes garage sale shopping all the time and they find these hidden gems. It's so cool to relive, certainly to see the memorabilia in the cards, but it takes you back to a time when you viewed the game a little bit differently than certainly we do now. Do you have a most treasured piece of memorabilia or card? Or? Do you want to get into this right now? Yeah. Because it's still, it still hurts. Oh. Still, still painful. I think I've told this on the show before. It might have been several years ago, several thousand listeners ago. So this might be a new story. 
But it was 1996, and we set the stage. I was at a Cleveland Indians game. In fact, one of I think one of the first games I ever attended. And the Indians are playing the New York Yankees. I took a pack of cards, different Indians players, different Yankee players, and I knew if you go down the visitor's line, you are more likely to get a visitor's autograph than you are a home autograph just because everybody is there to get a, an Indians autograph at the time. In fact, I'm still waiting for Jim Tomey to return to the railing like he promised. Still not happening. And so I'm over there, I'm going through the pack of cards, and I see a reliever. I have that reliever. He's only been in the big leagues for a couple of years. He's a failed starter, but having some pretty good success in the Yankee bullpen right now. I flip through, I've got his rookie card. I hand it to Mariana Rivera. He signs it, hands it back to me. I now have a autographed Mariana Rivera rookie card. And where is that rookie card? I have no idea. Mm. No idea. They, you know, when we were in New York a few years ago, they handed out like a, it was the year he went into the Hall of Fame, it, it, like a miniature replica uh, Hall of Fame plaque for him. The greatest thing about being a beat writer, I mean, you get all the giveaways, but even on the road, yes, you get the giveaways. So, like, I have a Julio Rodriguez bobblehead from this season that Mariners fans waited in line. I remember <laughs> getting to the ballpark. There was a line wrapped around the stadium two and a half hours before gates opened. Oh, my goodness. Suckers. <laughs> but, but it's it's amazing. Just get into the media so you can <laughs> – that, that was the long, the long play there by you. Yeah. Nice. I have a couple bookcases – filled with just bobbleheads and then shelves in my basement and it's funny because one of the shelves is like all minnesota twins bobbleheads because we're just always in minnesota when they have max kepler i think there's a cool one of tory hunter making a catch um so i i i think over the years bobbleheads kind of became the thing they're just like the easiest thing to collect you know you know you're going to get like four a year from the guardians and maybe a couple i have a couple Aaron Judge, Jedi Judge bobbleheads. He's Jedi holding a lightsaber. Wow. Um, I don't know. You'd know more about that than I would. What, Jedi? Yeah. I would know a little bit more than about Jedi. I don't know anything about the combination. Why is Judge a Jedi? I don't know. Is there the Death Star? Uh, the Evil Empire. Evil Empire. At least they're embracing it. Now, you know how that ends at the end. The good guys win. Doesn't Luke Skywalker die? No, Kylo Ren dies. Well, that's the second time you spoiled it, so it, it kind of yeah. removes the No, but I, I think, um, I don't know. I, and, and I always think, like, what, am I, what do I do with all this stuff? <laughs> right? Like, it would. Um, well, your son might appreciate it Well, someday. so the problem is I had this man cave I was super proud of and had been adding to it for years and years. And then when my son was able to stand up, he could start grabbing things. Uh, so, like, on one wall in the basement, it's there's, like, 20-some Sports Illustrated covers framed. We had to uh, get rid of – we had to move the bottom <laughs> row because he would knock them all off. It's um, the cat and the Christmas tree effect. When you see a, a cat owner will not put any of the ornaments uh, on the lower portion of the Christmas tree. Yeah. So that's why I, I had to redesign my office and put a bookshelf full of bobbleheads there because he could reach some of the bobbleheads. So, uh, but I, I wonder, what am I doing with all this? What, what, what's the end game here? I don't, I don't know what it is. I have, like you, a probably not a, as big of a collection, but I do have many bobbleheads, and I've given a lot to my son. They're, all of them are in his room now. And I kept a few of the, the more throwback ones for me. I had a Joe Carter one that I thought was super cool. That thing has now fallen down like three times and is held together by glue and tape. Mm. And I really liked the bobblehead. I was so disappointed when that thing fell. Like I've got, you know, the Kenny Lofton one of his catch from 96 yeah. where he's scaling the wall. Yeah. I have two of those and one of them, the head fell off. So you just rest oh. his head on the wall. <laughs> Which maybe makes it a more impressive catch? I don't I don't know. Uh, doing it headless might yeah, that <laughs> might be a problem. Kenny Roto's over here. You want you want an autograph? You want <laughs> <laughs> your number one fan is 
Yeah, number one fan, of course, of course. <laughs> and this, this event has been a lot of fun. We certainly have a lot of local personalities here. We appreciate those that have already come up and, and said hi to us. Nick Wilson complimented my legs. Interesting. I, should we demonstrate that for the YouTube audience? Nah. Do you do something special to him? No. No? Okay. It's summer in April. I mean, I had to wear shorts. Yeah. It's, it's a little, little toasty outside, a little toasty in here. First pitch temperature in Detroit Monday is scheduled to be about 35. Mm. Now, what does that mean for the, the windows in the press box? Because I oh. never know. Well, <laughs> I, not, this is going to get dark quick, but um, that gentleman passed away a couple years ago. I'm sorry. Uh, but, yes, there used to be quite the feud between Cleveland Media and a, a stats guy for MLB who lived in Detroit and just <laughs> would not allow the windows to be open on summer days. It'd be like, what, 90 degrees? And he'd be wearing a big winter coat. <laughs> it was bizarre. So we would get there really early and open the windows as far as oh, they could go. it was a full war. Yeah. It was a full war. And he would walk in. First thing he'd do is go shut them all back down. And then all of us collectively, oh, And, you know, it gets so stuffy in there. So when it's oh, 85 it's, degrees it's out, you're just melting. So for those that have managed to listen this deep into this podcast, this is clearly not our typical show. In fact, as you record this, I think the Guardians will be beginning their game against Washington very soon. So we're going to stay away from some of the particulars. We don't know when you'll be listening to this. This is just more of a, a chance to do some fun stuff, some different stuff. In uh, hey, an environment that's a little different. There's a chance we reveal when Tanner Bybee's going to get called up later in the show. But no promises. You'll have to stick around. That's, that's called a tease, friends. Yeah. It'll be before or after you sign all of these stacks of your face. So we're talking about collectibles and memorabilia and some of our treasured items. And I think I had mentioned to you off air the other day that and I've mentioned it on the show but I have a stack of MLB showdown cards if you remember that fad oh yeah um, I think I was in like seventh or eighth grade we'd sit in the back of the bus and just trade and no one ever wanted to make trades everyone thought their own cards were the best <laughs> of course how is that any different than fantasy baseball or fantasy fantasy speaking baseball? of which did I win the world series again I should probably check that. Oh, my gosh. Can um, you do that off air, please? I don't really want to see this think celebration they, I right I now. can't remember if we had an off day. Did you bring champagne? This would be my ninth title in ten seasons. Mm. Does it get old after a while? Yes. Hence, I didn't check to see if I won. No game yet. <laughs> um, I think, so showdown cards. So, so what was cool was, like, the really good players and the rarer ones were holographic. Like those were, I just, yeah. I vividly remember this Manny Ramirez one that I traded for. Um, and then I think I mentioned like a Terry Shumpert, who was just such a That's innocuous weird. player, um, but he had great ratings. I don't remember ever, I think I played the game itself only once. Most of my friends and I, we just wanted to collect the best cards. So I stuffed these, these fizzled out pretty quick. I put them in a safe. And I can't find it. You can't find the safe? I can't find the safe. Do you know for sure whether you brought it to your, to your I house I know now? for sure I had it when I lived downtown. Um, I don't know why it wouldn't have made the trip with me. I know where it is. It's hanging out with my Mariana Rivera rookie card sign. Um, and the thing that worries me is my wife has no idea what I'm talking about. And if she doesn't know where something is or that something exists, then it probably doesn't. Do you think you got Mandela affected? <laughs> Did reality change and shift enough that those no longer existed? So my plan was to pull them out and we would just go one by one, reminisce. I haven't touched them in 20 years, but I looked all through my house and I can't find them. But oh my, gosh. my wife did find one valuable card Oh no! from about 27 years ago. And I would like to get your take on it. All right, ready. I want you to just break it down. So this all is a, your thoughts. This is a blind react right now. Yeah. It's 28 years old. Okay. Ready? Boom. Oh my goodness. 
Well, for those listening, I am now in my hands. I now hold. Is this mint condition? Have you had it rated? You can, uh, I bet you there is somebody here that could rate this card. It's for been you. in my pocket today, but other other than that, it's pretty the, good condition. The edges, the edges still look pretty good. Can they see it if we? Well, that's what I was going to get to. Uh, for those that can't watch this on YouTube, I suggest you do. But if you don't, I am now holding in my hand a 1995 Solon Rec Baseball star card of a certain Zach Meisel. Uniform number 11. I'll show this to the camera in a second. Uniform 11, like Jose Ramirez. Number 11. You think he stole that from you? Yeah. Age 6. Height not listed. <laughs> I was growing. Weight also not listed. I was growing. The team, the Minnesota Twins, you oh. traitor. Jorge Polanco. Did you get hurt on this team just by That's being funny. a twin? Uh, in the league, the Solon Rec Baseball. Minnesota Twins. T-ball. All right, so talk about your experiences. I'm going to go show this to the camera. So that was, I believe that was T-ball. It says age six, but that's not accurate because I would have turned six at the very end of the summer, probably after the season. Um, and that was the start of just a legendary rec baseball career that really didn't turn legendary until I coached. Um, I coached five seasons of Pony League, Rec Baseball, and so on. We won three championships. Something's never changed. But, yeah, I mean, this was T-ball. Um, and, you, I mean, I, I want to know a couple things. Number one, what do you think about the way I wore the hat? It's kind of propped up. Yeah. Two, how about the – can you evaluate the batting stance? That is reminiscent of – Tony Batista. That's what I was thinking. Not quite as open as Tony Batista stance, but that's like post – after the pitcher is into the motion, and then you're you're getting prepared. Any thoughts on the jersey being about seven sizes too big? Well, let me let me take this in a little bit more. All right, so we're choking up on the bat. So this yeah. is already a kid that doesn't care about the newfangled way of playing baseball. We choke up on the bat here. Kids. Well, you know those pitches coming off the tee were like 98. <laughs> All right, so he's cho- we're, we're choked up on the bat. Uh, you really need to hit the weight room, I would say. Uh, maybe that's why you didn't list your weight here. You were yeah. just so embarrassed. Uh, you need to get some, some meat on that on those bones. Yeah, the uniform, what is this, CC Sabathia School of Wearing a Jersey? <laughs> the, the uniform is seven sizes too big. Yeah, so, I mean, I... Can you remember every team you were on in Little League? Like, I could go year by year. Uh, I don't remember the names of every... And I think that's just because that was like... I lived for that. Oh, yeah. I would probably remember it more if I was any good at all. Mm. But I I mean, I remember individual years. I mean, I was so bad that I remember individual base hits and good games, basically. I've told you the story before, but I didn't start playing baseball until I was, I think, in sixth grade. I didn't really fall in love with baseball until the 1995 Cleveland Indians. And so uh, I don't think I started playing until I was in sixth grade. So I was way behind everybody. And the first time, this had, we're like in sixth or seventh game, and you've got to play all the kids, right? Even the lousy ones like me, the coach is looking down the bench. So upset that I've got to come up to the plate. But I do, because it's in the rule book. Everybody's got to play. I finally smack a ball to center field. First line, it might have been my first contact, I don't know. I line a ball to center field. I am like, can you imagine the joy I felt as I see that ball leave the bat that's a liner to center field, start running down to first base. My friend is on first base currently. He takes off for second base a little bit more slowly than I would have preferred. My friend was then gunned down at second base by the center fielder. <laughs> Fielder's choice. Fielder's choice. <laughs> can put that down in the book as a, the old-fashioned 8-5. <laughs> Your best baseball memory was a fielder's choice. Now, my first actual hit came the very next at bat. It was a carbon copy. I hit That's it the like center That's like Manny field. Ramirez's debut. But I was, I was seething because in those days, they would, you would send in the box score, and the Alliance Review would then print the box score, and then they would put a little blurb of who had a good game. 
And if you had a multi-hit game, you were assured that you were gonna, your name was gonna appear in the story. Even though it was, it was written by the, uh, at the time, what would have been the equivalent of ch chat GP, GPT. It's just plugging in names. My name would have appeared in there had I gotten that second hit. It did not appear. Because I only had one hit officially. But no, I, that didn't bother me at all. I can tell that story. All right. I don't remember what my best game was when I was in T-ball with the Twins. <laughs> uh, well, do you remember, as we're in this environment, do you remember the first time, or at least can you recall, one of the times that you opened up a pack of cards and you were just blown away, you were so excited by a card that you got? Yeah, I... You know, I had a collection of cards that I inherited from, like, an uncle or something. Like, a huge case of them. I remember going through them as a kid. But honestly, what I remember the most is there was a store in Solon called Fast Photo. And it was this little store where you could develop your, your camera, your photographs, and... Um, it had like a distinct smell. It smelled bad. <laughs> and I just I assume that was related to the process of I don't know, their dark room or whatever. God, we are not connecting to anybody under the age of twenty five here. Um, but if you think people are still listening. But at the you. front they sold baseball cards and they sold showdown cards. It was like one of the rare places where you could get them. So everybody would try to go there, beg their parents to take them there after school. Um, and it, it, it's funny because I, you know, I did a story on this guy named Randy Kula a couple years ago, and his mission was to find a picture of every player to ever play baseball right. for Cleveland. Okay. And so we're talking 2,000 players or so since the inception of the franchise in 1901. So... Obviously, you can find any a picture of anyone who's played in the last, I don't know, 70 years. Um, but he had to do some digging for the guys older than that. And so he would look up old newspaper articles and he would um, contact relatives. at some. And the, the point of the story was that there's one guy he can't get. One guy. 123 years worth of players. Thousands of players. One guy. Shorty Gallagher, who played both ends of a doubleheader one afternoon in 1908 and that's it and there's like no information about him nobody knows where he's buried or what happened to him after he played that one day and he has every detail about this guy's life that anyone could ever find he contacted people he thought might be related he found grave sites of relatives but nobody who's still alive has any connection to this guy and so Part of it, the, like the, the basis of the story was it's about the journey and the search and the thrill that comes along with that pursuit. And that in some ways he doesn't want to find Shorty Gallagher because then it'll just be over with and then what? Um, but it so much, I, I enjoyed the process of reporting that story so much because it spoke to me and that pursuit of, you know, I'm thinking I'm adding more and more stuff to my man cave or my office and what's this all for? I don't know, but it's fun along the way. Exactly. And I'm looking for some piece of memorabilia that I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Like, what would be the one thing I want that I don't have? And I, I don't know, but I'm going to keep looking for it. And so the way he described being a kid and growing up and going to the deli um, down his street, it was like Shady Oak Delicatessen, I think it was called. Um, and they grew up somewhere around here because he lives in uh, maybe like Seven Hills, something like that. So we're talking about like Parma area. Um, but just the way he described, like he could, he remembers what the deli smelled like. He remembered the name of the owner who would give them cards. He remembered what the walk home was like. And just like being able to paint that picture for me was just that connected like that. I don't think kids have that anymore. Um, I don't think any, I don't think that'll ever happen anymore. But I know for me, like when we were kids, um, even though we were on maybe the tail end of that craze, like I still, I have similar memories. Doesn't that speak to when you have something 
physical, that you can hold in your hand, that you can revisit years later. It's so different as opposed to having something electronic, even owning a movie on Amazon or something. There was just something different. It's almost like using the, the movie analogy, which you have no idea what I'm speaking of. It's, there's more intent when you take the movie out of the DVD case, place it in the player, to actually physically hit play, as opposed to just firing up Netflix and seeing what's on there and then pausing it and never watching it. Yeah. I think with cards, it's different than you know, building your all Madden team electronically and the, the additional sales and all that. I'm not saying, like, if you get enjoyment out of that, that's great. But what I appreciate is, like you're saying, you can, what is it for at the time you're thinking, all this stuff's going to be worth so much and I'm collecting comic books and I've got Superman and Spider-Man and all these books and I'm thinking, oh, someday everybody's going to want these and I'm going to be sitting on a fortune. In reality, everybody owns the death of Superman comic. That's not worth anything, dude. But at the time, it's the coolest thing ever. Same thing with cards. Is anybody really going to want this Jody Garrett card 20 years from now? Probably not. But what's fun is, like you're saying, going, you go down in the basement and you haven't looked in this stuff at anything in 20 years. And you open up the book and you just go, start going through. And the memories of collecting them and organizing them. I used to put them in order of the batting order and then in the order of the rotation spot and I would collect cards from the Indians and I would put them, sort them by team and then there would be times where I would get them out of the pack and I would just on the floor position them on a diamond just how they would be set up on the field and then stack them. This is the way I would stack the batting order and to be able to go back to those specific memories and even opening up the cards and when you get them out they still smell they have that that smell like when you first open them out of the pack it's it brings back memories in a way that nothing really can so what were you collecting them for at the time you thought your future to be able to sell them but to get kind of what philosophical with that i don't know what to at least get nostalgic the beaut- the the fortune that you're sitting on is the ability to revisit it someday in the future and have those memories come back to you. I mean, it, it, it's like the random jersey settings thing. People ask me, what's what's the white whale? What's the one you've never <laughs> seen that you... I don't know. You know, Pablo Sandoval was funny because he was technically a member of the franchise for a couple hours, but never stepped foot in Cleveland. But I remember... Someone sending me a picture of a Tyler Houston, and he played like 13 games for them in 1998. And I, I remember thinking that, I mean, that checks every box, right? It's, at the time, it was like 20 years old, a player nobody remembers, very limited sample size. So is that like as good as it gets? But, but then part of me is like, whatever the very best one is, I almost don't want to see it. <laughs> I want it's that. Over. Yeah, I want that mystique and that. It, there's something special about possibilities. Um, and and then once you discover the greatest that it could be, it's like, well, it's over. Now what? But I think that's what makes this more fun too. Is is that every year I do a top 25 list at the end of the year, and I think, well, I try. I don't do repeats, so I. This is probably the year where we're not going to have enough to fill out 25, and we always do. So it, it's. It's pretty amazing. I, I don't know. Maybe we're just wired differently. Like the reason we do the random player segment is just it's so much fun to reminisce and like you it's get that nostalgia. Why we name this this show the uh-huh, Selby yeah. Godcast. You you get that nostalgia. I mean that's I I listen to nothing but like '90s and early 2000s um, music and and Sirius XM stations just to give me nostalgia and I, like they like I was driving in here and they were doing a top 30 countdown from 1997 and I'm thinking like oh I remember listening to this song and I can like physically place myself somewhere and it's just I don't know the brain is a magical beast different sounds different sights different smells they all transport you back I can still remember what my kindergarten smelled like (laughs) and occasionally you kind of weird you catch like a whiff of something that sort of smells like what is that asbestos (laughs) I don't know but 
<laughs> it reminds me, it takes you back to those memories. Uh, I asked you the, the favorite thing that you ever opened and you got super excited about it. Not when you were going through McDonald's and swore that you had all of the uh, the pull-off tabs. The Monopoly pieces. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that that was not excited. exciting because you lied about that. Um, I can remember opening up a pack of cards and there was a, I don't remember remember who made the cards, but there was a Greg Maddox that actually looked like a glove and the cardboard was folded over so you weren't supposed to open it up, but it actually had like a thumb to the card and it would be folded over like this and it was a Greg Maddox and it was shiny. It was, it was super cool and it had like the texture of a glove um, and I remember like looking at it. This, this thing's fantastic and I looked it up and it was worth at the time you, know, you hear $75 at the time you're thinking oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm going to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> Think of all the pogs I can get with $75. <laughs> and I of course over time it's not worth hardly anything anymore but I can I, I you know when someone would ask what's your favorite card and you would go oh it's easy, easily this one and you'd pull it out and you were so proud of the collection and as you said you'd go to do trades nobody evaluates their cards the right way either because you're trying to sell your cards up so you can get somebody's great cards or because you have the memories attached to them it means more to you yeah. Remember those starting lineup figurines? Mm-hmm. A ton of those. Like, And random sports. I have a Magic Johnson, Wayne Gretzky, Griffey, Frank Thomas. Um, all sorts of just like random memorabilia. And it, it, again, it's the same thing. It's like, what, what am I doing with this? What am I doing with this uh, random magazine that Bernie Kosar is on the cover of? Why am I saving this? I don't know. I, but it's cool. I have a bunch of old newspapers from the 95 Indians run, the 97 Indians run. I have a folder of just clippings. I just clip the articles out. What is, what is that for? Well, and that's the thing is my kids one day are going to be like, what is that? <laughs> it says your name. You just look like, like well, it's, it's an article I it's wrote. A Why is it on paper? You printed it out? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> that, that's true. I'm already having those conversations, yeah, by the way, with, my, with my son. Do you want to, to open old technology? Do you want to open some cards? I would love to. Which one do you want to start with? We have a 1992 Top Stadium Club Super Premium Picture Cards. Pictures produced with Kodak. Let's do that. Imaging technology. All right, we're gonna do it. So let's we'll get a little ASMR in here. Open up the pack. What are you hoping for? What do you hope is in it? Open is 92? Griffey? Or Albert Joey Bell? We've got John Farrell. Okay. These are these actually are really nice cards. Kirk Gibson. Wow. In a pirate's uniform. I don't believe what I just wait, what? Wait, hold on. These cards, like, oh, they're stuck together. I thought for a second we had we had stumbled into a fortune of a misprinted card. Uh-huh. They're actually stuck together. So it's John Farrell, uh, Rudy Sienes, Kurt Gibson, Ed Nunez, Kevin Mitchell, former he Started Indian. on opening day for them in, I think, 97. Uh, for, former Thank Indian. you, Sporkle. Jeff Manto, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. Jeff Manto. That's going in the Hall of Fame for the, the show <laughs> Next right there. to you and me. <laughs> uh, I'm sure he has been uh, probably three times a former random Cleveland player of the day. That's true. Ruben Amaro. Hey. I think he has also been a former random Cleveland he, player. Uh, didn't he, he scored a run in the... He was the base runner who scored before Kenny Lofton in game six in 95. On the uh, the wild pitch. Yeah. I think. Might have been. Don't Chuck, quote me. Chuck Grimm. Andre Dawson. Bobby Bonilla, still earning a paycheck, I believe. Bobby Bonilla. Uh, I don't know what that card is. Dan Pasqua. Never heard of Dan Pasqua. 
Love the glasses. Dennis Cook, former Cleveland yeah. Indian. I used to play World Series baseball on my Sega Game Gear. You know what a Sega Game Gear is? No. It was like a handheld version of Sega. And the World Series baseball I had was based on, the, I think, the 92 Cleveland roster. And Dennis Cook would use this guy all the time. Was so good in that game. Way beyond what he probably should have been. Chris Hammond and another former Indian, John Smiley. <laughs> his arm still looks... Hope his elbow's okay. Looks all right in that. And John Wetland. That's a solid group. Now, do you want to do a 2023 pack? Yeah, this won't be as fun because we know all these guys. Excited. We opened cards with Nick Wilson earlier and had some good ones. Carl Willis with a uh, Willis, yeah. strong mustache game with the 92 Found Reds. Otis Nixon, a Paul Lassenmacher. All right. San Francisco Giants, Alex Wood. Nice. Okay, maybe we won't know all these people. Oakland Athletics, Jonah Bride. Oakland Athletics. I think at some point this year, maybe the next time Cleveland plays Oakland, I got to do one of my, which of these five <laughs> are Oakland Athletics players and which of these five are local Congress people? Arizona Diamondbacks, Pavin Smith. Why name someone Gavin when you can go Pavin? Uh, new owner of a long-term contract, Jake Cronenworth. Marcus Stroman. Gifted Tristan McKenzie a Rolex last fall. How about this? Albert Pujols. How about the season he had in his farewell? Yeah. You can read about it on the back of that card. <laughs> if I would have told... Hold on, let's do that. Like because I want to just revisit the season that he had, but also I want to see what they now put on the back of baseball mm. cards because it is so different. Like, okay, let's let's compare. Here's my John Farrell 19, what was it, 92? Top Stadium Club. Uh, on the back of this card, I've got wins, losses, runs, earned runs, strikeouts, walks, game started, complete games, shutouts, saves, and ERA. That's it. That's all I got on the back of that card. And then what this do you card, have for Albert? We have games, at-bats, runs, hits, doubles, triples, home runs, RBI, stolen bases, walks, slugging percentage, OPS, average, and war. Whoa. And I've got his career war on here, 101.7. That's insane. 270 with an 895 OPS. 101.7? That's like take 7. Jose Ramirez one of his six war seasons and do it 17 times. It got so disappointed. We talked disappointed. We talked about this. He cleared the 100 mark and then as his career was unfolding, he had some negatives in the war and it got to be a little a little sad. He, he drifted below 100, but he finished above in his career. Nationals pitching prospect Cade Cavalli who I believe had a big injury. Orioles pitcher Tyler Wells. Oh, a little holographic action going on here. Bobby Witt Jr. Nice. Uh, just a team, Atlanta Braves. You got the whole team? I also got a Judge Trout Jordan Alvarez American League leaders card. Followed by some Pirates pitcher named Zach Thompson. Just a Blue Jays team card. And Luisa Rise, Aaron Judge, Xander Bogarts, American League. That, that's a disappointing pile. Still not a Jedi. And a 1995 Zach Meisel Twins. <laughs> huh. I know you said there is no white whale or... Just as we walk around here, when we're done here in Independence, what do you what do you want to see? What's what's something that would just make you lose it? Yeah, I mean, I like cards. Cards don't really like like I love. I'll take anything, but um, I'm looking for things that I can put on display that I think are cool. So, 
You know, they, they, I think they still do a big collector's convention at the IX Center every year. They used to. And I remember one year, Ryan Lewis and I went, and the prices were weird on autographed baseballs, um, which made me think twice about what I was purchasing. But, like, I'll never forget I got a Willie Mays sign ball. Same price as a Tyler Naquin sign ball. So... I would. I love autographed baseballs, but I also know that they're usually ridiculously expensive. If you go into any of those places in like malls, and you want to buy like a Oscar Gonzalez sign ball, like it's probably going to be two hundred bucks. It's just they're just like stupid. So I don't know bobbleheads, random old magazine covers, um, random signed picture by. Chris Magruder, like anything <laughs> like that. That's why I love. The, I'm not picky, but like you, you the know it when you see it. At, at Guardians Fest is the best. Anything that's that's game used or was manufactured with the intent to be used. That we've talked about it before at the Hall of Fame. I'm not as concerned with going in and looking at all the names. I love to see the new stuff that they have on display from a game that just happened, and. Here's the jersey with the dirt still on it. Like that, that to me, that takes me back to childhood. It, it, it makes the game seem more real as opposed to, I mean, obviously you, you watch the game and everyone look at the, the time when you're younger, everyone looks like a giant hero, but it makes it so real when you can see that stuff up close. And you're like, wow, this, I'm, I'm looking at a piece of baseball history. It's right there in front of me, as opposed to just a name on a plaque. That doesn't always do too much. Do That's much. why I love writing about the team archives. And every offseason, I tell Jeremy Fedor, the team historian, hey, at some point this winter, like I want to <laughs> see some stuff and write about it. And um, yeah, I'm the same way. I think they sell the lineup cards from every game, at least every home game. And I think they have two, like, I think they make a copy and sell it or something. Anyway, because they have two per game. So I wanted to get the lineup card from the day my son was born. And I think I asked about it about a month later, whenever I went back to the ballpark, and they checked on it. They didn't have the copy that they keep. And they said, but you can look in the team shop because they sell one copy um, for each game in the team shop. They lost that day, okay? Owen Miller hit a game-tying home run in the ninth, and then they lost an extra innings to the Reds. There was nothing special about that game. I'm thinking, okay, this will be easy. They're crazily priced, too, by the way. That was, like, the one game they didn't have. Someone else out there (laughs) bought that. What are you like? Was it Owen Miller's mom? Well, can we put it out there? If you have the May seventeenth, twenty twenty two lineup card, I'll pay you double what you paid for it. <laughs> I see. I was picturing the other end of the spectrum where, no, I, I don't know what the market is for that. I just envision somebody collecting every game from every every year, and you having that one, and someone can't find why. This game of all games, why is this not here? But it's the other way around. You can't find that. I mean, that's my white whale. But I need it. But the line, lineup cards are cool. I mean, a team k- keeps a lot that are have some sort of you know meaning behind them. Um, so that, that's cool when you pull it out and it's from 95 or it's from the win streak in 2017, anything like that. Um, and you can see all the Tito scribbles on it. And lineup cards are cool. Frame those and put them on display. I, but again, I, and I don't want to get on my soapbox and go on a long rant because I've done that before in this podcast. It's it's a shame that they don't display all their stuff throughout the ballpark because it's they have so much cool stuff. There's so much real estate to do that, and it just sits in a closet and collects dust. Probably gets destroyed by termites. I remember as we were walking 
down to the clubhouse in 2016 after Cleveland had just beat Toronto in Toronto. We're heading down there, and the ball, the ball from the final out was right there in front of us. They showed us, hey, here it is, here it is. And then it went missing for years, right? Yeah. Didn't, didn't it disappear? Santana may have kept it or may not have. Did we ever get to the bottom of whatever happened to that baseball? I don't know. Nobody knows where Rajay Davis's home run ball is either. It, it's not still lodged in a camera somewhere. It came Could so be, close maybe. to hitting a camera. These what about are the mysteries I would love to solve? What about Detective the, the, Zach on the case? The baseball where Tommy crushed it out of the ballpark. I don't know. Who's got that one? It's the same guy hoarding the Davis, the last out, and that lineup card. And your Mariano Rivera. <laughs> Why do you got to bring that up? It makes me so sore. Uh, I mean, I could talk about this stuff all day because I love it. And I, it's just, but I keep coming back to like, it's very rare. Like I don't go to each bookcase in my basement and like look through all the stuff I have on display. It's just, it's, it's the time capsule aspect. Yeah. The, The point is not to enjoy it every single day. In fact, the longer you go without enjoying it, the more you will enjoy it when you, rediscover it I've got uh, quite a few old newspapers as I've talked about before it was so much fun just discovering that old briefcase that I had and I'm sitting there going what do I remember the combination to even get into here and I go through and it's the right before they're going to the World Series in 1995 and again these things hold no monetary value does anyone want the Alliance review on that day when the, the Indians go to the World Series or beat the Mariners no but it I will forever cherish that thing. I'll, I'll never let it go. It's so cool. So that's, that's just the fun of it, to be able to revisit this stuff and, and, well, and transport you back. That's what makes sports great, too. It's the memories. It's, it's, and that's why the whole rings culture is just doesn't register to me. Because, sure, I mean, if you're a fan of the Guardians, you've been waiting 75 years for a World Series title. Believe me, I get that. <laughs> But it's the moments in time, the snapshots in time that you remember that mean so much to you. And yes, a World Series title would be the crowning achievement and be the, I mean, everybody knows where they were the night the Cavs beat the Warriors. But that doesn't mean you don't have those memories. I mean, I remember being a kid and you'd keep your ticket stub if you went to an Indians game in the 90s because that was a hot commodity. Um, so it's just memories like that that I think make sports what they are. The memory of the Cavs winning the draft lottery. I was at a Blue Man Group concert in Chicago. Eighth grade field trip. For drafting LeBron, I was at the, I don't remember what show it was. It was at the Tower City Amphitheater, and I was there for a concert. And now thinking about what the timing of that would have been, I think I know what concert. It was an Evanescence concert. Oh, hell yeah. Evanescence. And 12 Stones. And LeBron was your immortal. I have nothing else to add other than that. So thank you for listening to this. I've heard you sing Evanescence. Really? When was that? Uh, what's the main their main song? Wake Me Up. Uh, Bring Me to Life? Yeah. When did I sing that? I just, on a show? I remember you singing that before. What episode did I do that on? Have to go back and revisit the archives. Does anyone get any enjoyment going back to, into the archives for this show? I sure as hell wouldn't. I, I, I don't know about that. But thank you for hanging out with us. Really, there was nothing discussed today. <laughs> there, was no, there was nothing. But we had fun just taking in the sights and sounds. And hopefully, if you watched it on YouTube, you could see everything busy happening in the background. This event is still happening on Sunday as well, correct? Mm-hmm. So hopefully, if you're catching this, I don't know when I'm going to get this thing posted, but if you're still listening to this and check the website, Great Lakes Con- uh, Collectors Convention, get out here on Sunday and, and check it out. It, it's really cool. I'm re- really looking forward to being able to go cruise with you a couple times around the track. In fact, 
Our pal Nick Wilson, I think I saw him go around this track about seven times trying to make it out of here, and he still kept finding something to distract him. And if anybody wants a signed TJ Zuppi or Zach Meisel card, we've got thousands. Legitimately. What should we say? Send a self-addressed. What's the the, the line? Self self-addressed envelope with postage, and we will send you back with postage and maybe a little <laughs> charity. You don't think people do that enough for our Patreon? That's true. Although we have been told many times that we don't charge enough. Can you confirm? I don't know, but that's what we've been told. In any case, we do thank you for listening to our ramblings today and us reminiscing about the good old days. We'll be back later this week, of course, as always, at Patreon with more of our normal ramblings and things that we swear that we got right, like fixing Josh Bell. But I'll erase that if he has an O for today with three strikeouts. But we'll take full credit if Josh Bell continues to have a tremendous weekend in Washington because we set it. We set it up. We, fi- we fixed Josh Bell, did we not, on the Patreon show? We usually do. Mm. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out. And we'll see you guys later. Okay, we had to add this on at the end. <laughs> so we're just walking outside, and Zach and I are having a conversation about the purchases that he just made. And I realized, oh, stop, we have to go back and re-record a segment to tack on to the end of this podcast for Zach to explain and to defend the purchases he just made <laughs> at the show. So please, can we go through the bag of stuff that you just walked outside with? So we just spent 45 minutes talking about how, what is this all for? Why do we collect these things? <laughs> Why do they bring us nostalgia? What is our white whale? What are we looking for? And I think I'm even more confused after these purchases. And now you're probably more confused too. Do you want to go one by one? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's start with the one that's everyone could could get with could understand why you'd want that purchase <laughs> I don't, which which is that the, the one that actually if i say woody hayes okay everyone knows woody hayes yeah. great ohio state football coach anyone would want that bob one of my favorite stories i've ever written in my career was i thanks to a tip from a very nice person discovered his secret cabin in the woods That's about right. two hours east of columbus and went and visited it and interviewed all his distant family members and um so that one means something to me and that was i have not seen a woody hayes bobblehead in the wild um i think i think that's yes that is the most sensible maybe and when when there is an attachment there i think that yes can help explain a lot of this but it's going to get weird from here <laughs> well you dropped 35 dollars on that i told you you could have you could have told him ah i don't like haggling i'm, I'm, I'm not I'm good considering at it I found it online for a little cheaper. You could have probably got them at 30 Yeah. That's all right. It's not about the price. It's about the sentiment. <laughs> well, think of it this way. With the $5 saved, you could have reapplied it to another random bobblehead in there. Okay. So, <laughs> first, the first thing that caught my eye was a Sammy Sosa. It's not even bobblehead, really. It's just like a weird figurine. Um, it's Sammy Sosa. It was $3. So, how could I pass that up? <laughs> when I was a kid, I loved watching Sammy Sosa. He was maybe my favorite player in the league and I have fond memories of coming home from school and turning on WGN and watching the Cubs and watching his pursuit of history. Um, I remember I had a like a framed poster in my room of him that eventually got shattered and I also vividly remember sitting in the left field bleachers at Jacobs Field one night. Sammy Sosa was playing left field and he tossed a ball up to the crowd and the woman behind me caught it because I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, That, that was not that for her. Stung. That was not for her. Her boyfriend tried to talk her into giving it to me, and she said no. Wow. What a jerk. All right. Well, that one I can get. Okay. It's $3. Yeah. Sammy Sosa, great Again, player. It, th- there's meaning there. I, I get it. So I, I, I have nothing to pick apart with that. <laughs> completely understand. And, like, the, the case that it's in is it's a little dusty. It's discolored. It's perfect. Yeah. That's what you're, you're buying for that. The whole experience. Let's go a little deeper. All right, here we go. So this was a three for $25 purchase. <laughs> and I'm trying to think of which one is the most normal. Why don't we start with the Cavs? Antoine Jameson. Do you remember when they traded for him? I do. I think they traded Zdrunas Ilgauskas, and then the Wizards bought him out, and then he came back to Cleveland The whole rule exists that you can't yeah. b- be bought out and come back because of Z, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Jameson was horrendous for oh. the Cavs. His, his first game, he, he went like over. 12. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was awful. So that's one where it's like, 
again, it's a snapshot in time. He was still with them after LeBron left for a minute, and that was that weird season where it was like him and Anthony Parker and, I don't know, Ramon Sessions, and those were some <laughs> dark days. Um, so just another one of those, oh, yeah, Antoine Jameson was on the Cavs. Weird times. And he's in the Navy jersey. I loved those Navy jerseys. Um, so, so that's the first one. I think that's reasonable. I don't have an Antoine Jameson bobblehead. Yes, but keep in mind we're going in reverse order of what makes <laughs> sense. And the first one you introduced of these three was Antoine Jameson. <laughs> okay, I don't know which of the next two is better. We'll go Enar Diaz. <laughs> so, so part of this, first of all, it says limited edition. Was he? Why did you need limited edition for him? Is, I, is there a different edition? Is there? <laughs> is this a collector's edition? I just I am surprised that he had a bobblehead in the first place. Um, well, aren't aren't all entities limited edition? They don't they're not all infinite. Anything in life is limited edition if you really think about it. I think the thing that makes this one weird is I, I have up. no idea what it looks like. <laughs> By the way, we're just standing in the back of my car in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this looks like. I, I there's not a picture on the box, so I don't even know if it's seen our. You didn't even open it. <laughs> no. Uh, so we'll find. Should I open it right now? Yes. We'll now we need to know because if inside is something even more ridiculous, it would make for an even better. Experience. It's from 2002, which I believe was the year he was he was traded during that season with Ryan Drees, um, or with yeah with Ryan Drees for Travis Hafner and Ricardo Rodriguez, Aaron Mayette. Here, too. I'll, I'll hold this for you. Oh, and that's a good one. Wait, what is going on? So his hat's backwards. He's got the ball in well, his hand. Catcher. He's he got his catcher's gear on. Why are his lips hot pink? <laughs> oh, this is weird. Oh, this is weird. Oh, you're going to need to put a picture on Discord later. What is going on? Now, they have made huge advancements in <laughs> current bobblehead technology with making them look far more like their their counter their real life counterpart you go back to 2002 and of course if you look at old school bobbleheads they all look the same this one is more toward the all look the same i mean imagine like a hot pink gel pen that <laughs> someone in your class used when you were in fifth grade that's what his lips are like I, this is bizarre so I guess well, I can see why least, it's limited edition. At least edition. we know it, it, it is actually in our Diaz. Yeah, I'll take that. All right, yeah, put that away. So now we get to the highlight of the purchasing. Zach, I believe the, the exact words were, I've got to have this. <laughs> there was no question in your mind. You saw it, and... If there had been someone else standing there also deciding whether or not they wanted it, you would have punched them square in the face. The, you are not leaving without this thing. It is in the packaging here, and we can try to... Oh, it's, it's inside packing peanuts. It's completely destroyed. I can see CC Sabathia's head, but I don't think I'm getting this out. Okay, but yeah, someone here, CC Sabathia, that's not... Why would that be ridiculous? It's not CC Sabathia. It's who he's in the box with. It's another limited edition. So this year, it was 2003, they had three limited edition bobbleheads. Ellis Burks, makes sense. He I had, think that was in there. He had two good years before that. Omar Vizquel talking bobblehead. And then this one, June 1st, 2003. It is a dual CC Sabathia Josh Bard. <laughs> bobblehead what a battery what a tandem you, you left the you left this event with two people that caught with cleveland yeah anar diaz and now josh bart i and i'm never going to be able to get it out of the box the styrofoam is packed in there too much so yeah i mean if, if we can recap here i don't know that anyone left with a more random assortment of items today yeah, to, than I did. to recap woody hayes Sammy Sosa, Antoine Jameson, Enar Diaz, and CC Sabathia slash Josh Bard. If you, it's like one of those questions when people ask if you could go to dinner with three other people. Imagine <laughs> these six people sitting at a table. Well, you can see that coming to a YouTube background near you. 
perhaps. All right, that's all I had to add. This was just too fun. We had to address your haul. Yeah. You feel like it was a good day? I kind of want to go back in and get some more. <laughs> Did you bring enough money for that? There were some ones that caught my eye. You mentioned the Ellis Burks. I don't think I have an Ellis Burks bobblehead. Um, but I didn't see any other random backup catchers. It's too no bad. Pat Borders or Sal Fasano bobbleheads. Well, there's always next year. Maybe we'll be invited back. Based on your spending, I think they definitely will invite you back. <laughs> all right, that's all. That's all. Bye. See ya.